Hello and welcome to Arrow Bandwidth, the podcast brought to you by Arrow ECS to help the channel better understand the trends, technologies and concepts facing the IT industry today. In this upcoming special series, our friends from the Arrow On Point podcast show will be taking over bandwidth as Izzy and her guests begin to look in depth at the Internet of Things market, specifically what's happening in the world of smarter cities and smarter manufacturing. We hope you enjoy the show, and if you do, please leave a review or a rating on your preferred podcast platform. It helps others find us. So without further ado, it's over to Izzy. Most people live in the present, the world of now, but a handful of us work in a unique world that doesn't quite exist yet, the world of five years out. This episode is coming from Arrow's Internet of Things department. My name is Izzy Bonasso. I'm new to Arrow and I'm new to the Internet of Things, so I'm ready to explore, inform myself while informing you, and keep us all looking forward and learning. Picking up where we left off in our series, and after talking about specific technologies that enable our smart world, I'm wondering how it all gets implemented, and how smart cities are formed. Hopefully Matthew is up to the task. Hey Matthew, last time you left us wondering, is there one technology that can make a smart city smart, or one solution to make it happen quickly? No. Oh, great answer. Well then, (laughs) where do you start? So, um, what we've seen is that um, some cities around the world have kind of gone to one company to develop their smart city and what they've recognized is that that's not the best approach by a long way. So what works is actually um, building a multi-stakeholder ecosystem where local partners and global partners innovate together to help develop the smart city and develop their future together. That's really strong economic development play because what it means is that local companies are starting to grow and prove their technologies in the region in which they reside. And that attracts outward investment, but also with the global partners that are, part, that are helping in this ecosystem, they can take those companies that are local and actually put them through their global network and seed them in other territories. And that's exactly what we're doing with Arrow uh, in different parts of the world at the moment, helping to build this ecosystem and taking some local companies that excel in amazing things like air quality um, measuring and put them through our global network. Um, There are some technologies that can make a difference and actually create a foundation, an ICT foundation for developing your smart city. Can you define ICT before you go on? Sorry, ICT. ICT is a government term term for information, communication and technology. Got and uh, basically it's things like fiber, it's things like data centers, it's things like platforms, it's things like applications, things like that. It's all the digital world, really. So some of the principles that we're starting to see around if you want to deploy a technology as a foundation for your smart city are things like cities owning their own fiber network. Okay, that's your own kind of internet little network, if you like. And Centennials, City of Centennials doing that in Colorado. The City of Fort Collins is, has done that too. And what we're starting to see is, uh, is, is, is 
our cities are starting to develop their own fibre networks to deliver broadband to the home, which is really important because that means everybody can connect to the internet. But what it means is you can have smart services in the home on that network. But also it provides a backbone throughout the city for something called automated vehicles and connected car that's going to emerge. And so they're creating kind of this big data pipe in which all this new information is going to be traveling to make our lives better as cities become more smart. Right. Some of the principles are really important for building a smart city. There's principles you can use as opposed to actually taking a framework from one company and just deploying that and off you go. Um, This is in the white paper that I wrote last year. And some of the principles are bring the stakeholders together in your uh, city and region from the public and private sector, academia, research and others and citizens. And imagine the future together. What is the future of your city? And then look at what you're really good at. What is a legacy of your city? What are you really, really good at? And integrate that into your vision. And then the bits that are missing, bring those in from partners, whether they're global or local, to kind of fill out that vision and then start developing that blueprint with some quick wins and work towards that blueprint. So things like smart street lighting are becoming very popular. It's very good for the cities because they can experiment and see IoT and smart city technologies working. They can actually save money, which is good for the city and good for the cost of the build and taxpayer money. Um, and things like public safety with cameras and gunshot detection and license plate reading and things like that. So that kind of makes like, uh, the, the, the environment safer for the citizens. And that's very tangible to the citizens as well. So there are, we are starting to see some quick wins that cities are doing. Um, but there is no one solution for all this. It, and, that, and that would take the fun out of it, wouldn't it? <laughs> yes, it really would. It would make things a little too easy, I think. Um, can you give us some real-life examples of what cities have done to fast-track their development? Because otherwise this may seem like a really long and tedious process, right? Yeah, so, so um, what we're seeing is something called living labs. And these are places, physical places within cities and regions for a place of experimentation, Izzy. So what they'll do is they will basically identify part of their city or region and they will basically uh, deploy lots of different types of uh, uh, smart city technologies and IoT technologies, create some showcases and then look at, well, does, will that work in our city? It's kind of doing pilots in a very secure environment. And once we validate those pilots uh, through trials and creating data-driven use cases, we can say, well, okay, that's great. How do we scale now? And so these living labs are starting to become a best practice for cities to innovate with the private sector and uh, and academia and research and other uh, stakeholders too, to collaborate. And then once those pilots are ready, we can then scale across the city knowing that we've mitigated most of the risk. Is there any involvement of the citizen in those open labs? Is it some kind of a focus group where they can come in and experience that technology as well? Well, the citizen has to be in the centre of innovation, I think, for the city, because the city is not for the citizens, right? Of all ages, demographics, and, um, and social backgrounds. Um, and the United Nations, uh, uh, when they measure the, uh, the kind of... Um, the strength of a smart city... Is, is measuring how much are citizens involved in this. And what we're seeing are something called citizen innovation labs, 
which is a public space, a public forum, in which citizens meet with the innovators from the public, private sector, etc. And they get together and they kind of co-innovate. The citizen co-innovates with the, the kind of tech companies and the government on the solutions that they want to see in their community to help them to have a better experience living in the city. Let's go on a global walk. We've talked about North America and streetlights and all of that, but what about Asia? What's going on there? So, great, and that's a great question. So, even though most cities and regions in the world, in the developed economies, are facing the same challenges, some things are more prominent in certain areas. And Asia, a great example for Asia is air quality. And so air quality is starting to become a standard deployment in smart cities um, because of the, um, the way the climate's changing radically in that part of the world, but also the pollution uh, that happens in some of the uh, uh, very busy streets like Hong Kong uh, or even in Mumbai in India. Um, and so air quality is something that's imperative because that affects our health, right? The environment affects our health. And then if we go down to maybe uh, uh, South Africa, water quality is everything. So uh, um, Cape Town has had a real problem, and Johannesburg, in fact, around water supply to the city. And they have a zero water day. And, and that is when uh, kind of when um, there's water restrictions that are very severe on each citizen, maybe two litres a day, which is just about enough for their body, right, which is important. So water quality and supply of water to the citizen is becoming very, very imperative in places in South Africa. Um, if we move around to Australia, well, Australia is very similar to, to kind, of, kind of what's happening in Europe, which is things like smart street lighting, public safety, um, helping them to play cricket better, um, you know, things like that, if I'm being a bit playful. So that's very similar to Europe. In Europe, transportation mobility is very, very important here. You know, they, they have public... Uh, a railway service, public transport that works very, very well. And so innovating around the public transportation experience for the citizen is something that's becoming very important also in Europe, as well as smart parking. So in Europe, you know, the, the, the roads are a little bit less wide than they are in the US and Canada. And so actually finding a parking spot is also something that's becoming big in Europe as well. What kind of lessons are we learning as other countries around the world are implementing their, their beginnings of their smart cities? So what we're, we're starting to see lots of alliances. In fact, probably over the last five years, we've, been, we've seen exponential growth in smart city alliances. Sometimes they're based around a region. Sometimes they're based around the state, like the Colorado Smart City Alliance. Sometimes they're actually national, like the IoT Smart City Alliance in Australia. Um, and what they recognize is that cities can share experiences and challenges, best practices, share things that didn't work and share things that did work. And so what we're starting to see is a lot more collaboration amongst the public sector in sharing experiences and helping each other to win together. And we're also seeing this with the, uh, the Global Parliament of Mayors and the United States Conference of Mayors as well, which are basically bodies where mayors from different jurisdictions get together and have a great conversation about, you know, how can we win together? What are you doing? These are my challenges. What did you do to resolve those challenges? So there's a lot more communication. It's becoming a global conversation. So some territories are even forming alliances with other territories. Um, and that's part of economic kind of um, uh, partnership as well. 
but there's just a global conversation about this, Izzy. And because this affects everybody in society, the conversation can't just be at the government level. It absolutely needs in, uh, to be at the citizen level, as well as the private sector, the academia, federal research and other stakeholders in the community. If all of this works out, if our smart cities are cropping up everywhere, you know, this is going to change our future in a big way. So in our final episode, I want you to put on your thinking cap and give us your vision of 10 years into the future. So be prepared. Izzy, I'm very much looking forward to that. Okay, great. If you're interested in learning more, visit aero.com or connect with us on Twitter at aeroglobal. Aero Electronics, five years out. Thanks for listening to another episode of Arrow Bandwidth. If you'd like to hear more, please click and subscribe to our channel on your preferred podcast app. Follow us on Twitter at Arrow Global or learn more about us at our various websites, including www.arrow.com. Thanks for listening.